0: cliffcentral.com Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpegged with Superlead. Consider this. Have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books, but you simply just don't have the time? Imagine you could read a book per week. How absolutely awesome will that be? A lot of us have these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities. So our bookshelves end up with more books we intend to read than those we have read. My name is Mandaj Flaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization and on this show we deep dive into a leadership topic which we anchor in one book that we feature per episode and we share actionable insights to advance your leadership excellence. Here on studio I'm joined by my co-host Nobile Ngobo who is a director at Alpha International. Nobile welcome to today's show.
1: Hi Manda. thank you for having me always excited to be here again diving into another book.
0: Fantastic but we dive into another book, we have some exciting news we would like to sort of share with all of you, our listeners. And that is to invite you to the, to our upcoming Super Lead 100 Leadership Summit, which will be on Saturday, the 9th of April, 2022. We're going to host this at the Houghton Hotel. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hybrid, um, conference. There will be people in the, in the venue and those that can join us virtually.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That sounds so exciting. Is there anything more you can tell us inside? Of, of course,
0: <laughs> of course. So, so uh, almost like a bit of background to this. So, I host a a podcast called Super Lead Podcast, and we are now. We have published 98 podcasts. Mm. We're just about to publish the 99th one, but the hundredth one, we le- decided to make a conference out of it.
1: Oh wow, that's so, amazing!
0: So that's why it's called Super Lead Hundred, and we we gave it a theme. Can you believe
1: it? Yeah, what's the theme? <laughs> what's
0: the theme? So the theme is making your mark where you are.
1: Mm. And
0: we've got these world class speakers which I'm I'm just going to mention a few South Africans that are making a mark and really um we want to learn from them and kind of just learn from one another, connect and sort of grow together. I'll just I'll just kind of run through a few and then we can deep dive into today's book. Like um, one of them is pohyum Gomezulu mm. um, which most of you are familiar with but she started a skin solution business from a kitchen um, and now it's a household brand and uh, operate in thirteen countries just an incredible incredible story of scaling excellence malvin Lubega he's um, he's an ad tech uh, co-founder and his startup as recently was was um, valued at over fifteen billion rand wow. right That's, wow. he, he's a unicorn um mm. is is the founder of a unicorn um aisha pando some of you will be familiar with with her work uh co-founded ship south which is this leading platform providing on demand cleaning services also similar story and uh, they're operating all over um in in many countries now and jamini um He's a manufacturer of pet food, mm. right? And, and they, he exports all of these, these pet food and treats to 11 international markets. Amazing. And maybe the last one to, to, to just uh, highlight is the legendary Abdullah Verachia. And, um, he's a global speaker strategist. Mm. He's a, he's a colleague of mine. He teaches at Gibbs as well as at Harvard Business Review. Amazing. So, you know, I, and, um, I don't, if you'd, if, um, I don't think there could be anything anyone can be doing better than yeah. joining us on Saturday yeah. the
1: 9th. 9th of April. So, where do people go if they want to register or find out more?
0: Absolutely. Um, we, tickets are being sold on Quicket Um, and, uh, they just search for Super Lead 100. Uh, they can choose in person tickets as well as the virtual tickets.
1: Amazing. So, we all know what we're doing on the 9th of April. Yeah. Uh, Super Lead 100.
0: Really Absol- exciting. Awesome. So, let's, Let's dive into today's conversation, yeah. but before we do that, just a quick highlight on last week's word because yeah. uh, because we we've um, you know we don't like to just jump from one topic to another yes. without some recap.
1: Yes, so in the previous episode, we covered relentless implementation by Alan Malee and Adam witty creating clarity, alignment, and a working together operating system to maximize your business performance. And we learned all about how Alan Malee turned forward around. It's a really incredible Incredible story and such incredible insights to pick up from that story and the way that he approaches leading teams. So that was relentless implementation by Alan Milley and Adam Whatty.
0: fantastic So today. We're going to talk about the I-word.
1: Right? The I-word?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the innovation word. Ah. Uh, so recently, The Economist uh, had this fantastic article. You know I'm a big fan of The Economist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they, they kind of said, you know, executives pretty much when they want to uh, sort of impress investors, they go to the I-word. You know, mm. they, they kind of throw uh, innovation word with pretty much everything. Innovative this, we are innovating or you know our innovation and and they kind of did this 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 the state right like um in in the recent past um S&P's sort of uh, 500 execs they've mentioned like the word innovation um twice more than than they, they used to a decade ago literally mm-hmm. almost just counting the words
2: yeah, yeah
0: um and it's become one of those words right so if you want to say hey guys we want to like do something you you normally kind of say we want to do some something innovative yes. like it doesn't even matter what it is whether you're just changing the color of the wall we're going to have an innovative color mm. changing something
1: yes yes <laughs> everyone wants to innovate do something new
0: yeah um so we want to unpack that because on a serious note, startups and entrepreneurs need to innovate to really just survive and break through the noise and kind of stand out mm. and perhaps scale excellence. Some like some of the the speakers we're gonna have on the ninth of April. Yeah. Corporates they bemoan the fact that they used to be innovative when they were started. You know they were started by sort of innovative leaders and you know who were bold, who had entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit, and now they are stuck in bureaucracy. Mm. Mm. And hardly anything innovative is coming out of some of our big corporates. And they sort of reach out sometimes to consultants to say, Hey, how do we spark innovation again? Yeah. Especially at the heels of COVID now, where in the last two years, most organizations had to do what they had to do to just stay resilient, to, mm. to stay, to survive. And now the thinking is shifting towards, Hey, how do we get back to innovate and kind of come up with something amazing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Really exciting. So today's book is. Yeah. The leader's guide uh-huh. by Eric Reese. Ah, uh, so tell us more.
0: Ah, uh, so so Eric Reese he, is well known for I think he's, is the first book I think he wrote on, on the lean startup. Um, mm-hmm. and then he went on to write the startup way. And, um, and, and it's like the, this word lean startup is kind of one of those words where, you know, some people kind of just use it and some haven't even read the concept in yeah. the book. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's kind of do the, let's do, do the lean startup way. Uh, so he kind of wrote those two books. Largely the first one sounded like it, you know, it was more in favor of how do you sort of, you know launch these startups and uh, give them uh, a better chance to succeed and the startup where you know kind of how do you drive the culture of innovation in in large corporates now he then kind of at the back of his consulting work as he engages with with multiple organizations he started to put together a guide that almost brings all those key principles and concepts from pretty much the two books and all the things he was learning Mm. and then he you know, <laughs> innovatively <laughs> called the book The Leader's Guide.
1: Yes, yes. Awesome. So excited to, to dive in. And I love that this book, they say it's for anyone who thinks of themselves as a leader, whether they're in charge of a thousand people, a hundred, a team of five, or just a solo founder. So I think there's something that we can all take out of this.
0: Absolutely. So this is essentially for every single person. It's mm. not just for, for the, for the startup, uh, and the, and the entrepreneurs. And it's also not just for those guys that have been given a, a title with the word innovation.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we see a lot of those, right? Like someone has got this. Title but there's a word innovation and, and sometimes there's not a lot of innovation Happening in that space But hey, you know, you got to have the I word yes. If you're going to be relevant
1: Yes, yes, okay, so should we dive in Lean startup methodology
0: Right, let's dive in, and maybe the just to Kind of say Because the I word is so Common, sometimes we think Innovation is easy And mm-hmm. is something we do often And maybe just right off the bat To just kind of say Innovation is hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's and, and that's what Eric Ries really kind of just hangs the, his whole idea on to say to truly innovate sustainably and to scale that innovation and to really kind of break out through the noise and of corporate and or or in the startup world it's incredibly hard and therefore you need some way some methodology uh, to go about it and it talks about um to sort of review some five um key steps to kind of get right if you're going to innovate
1: awesome so should we dive in so in the Five steps of the Lean Startup methodology Can be broken down into The first one Is identifying the problem Or opportunity From the point of view Of the customer
0: Ah That little piece For me Is probably the biggest one Yeah Um Because The idea is you know, when pe- some people think of innovation, they're thinking of the latest cool thing, right? Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time where chat bots were the cool thing, right?
1: Yes, yes. And
0: like, you know, it didn't matter. We 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 also wanna have a chat bot yes. of some sort. Um anyway, I I funny story, I remember um I was also in that space and then I'm I'm going on about hey, we must launch a chat bot. <laughs> and apparently what I said sounded like we must launch a chat board, right? <laughs> <laughs> So everybody's like, "What is that <laughs> anyway, so let's let's leave that one aside anyway, so um innovation can be easily be mistaken for the next cool thing yes and um, and you know it's always very uh impressive to kind of say we're innovating and we've got this cool thing that we're doing and and I think what the author is kind of saying is Hey, let's do the hard work of truly identifying and being super clear on what the problem is that we're solving for, but from the viewpoint of the customer. Yes. And we're going to unpack that a little bit to say, hey, how do you really do that? How do you know for a fact that you're solving for a customer and not necessarily for the next cool thing?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just focusing, as you say, on the product, but focusing on the people. like I say who will care about what we're building. Yeah. Focusing on those who will care about it.
0: Absolutely. And, and then the next one is, is probably one of my, my favorite and almost... um Almost uh, of, of of the many things here, there's two main ones that I really really like. And this this is the first one. The second step around, you identify both commercial and technical leap of faith assumptions about how to solve the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what are leap of faith assumptions?
0: Ah, uh, you know. When, uh, when you, you're going to sort of, especially let's say you, you are in a corporate and you want to launch something. Yes. You're going to do the good old business case, right? Yes. You're going to write a business plan and you're going to have all this financial model and there will be these spreadsheets with one sheet there with like a list of assumptions. Um, and then it's like, sometimes it's even hidden, right? Because we are not so much interested in that one. We want to see, Hey, what's the ROI or you know, some of those, you know, what revenue are you going to make? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of saying, Almost yeah I have those And it kind of caused them somewhat You know vanity metrics Um, But kind of say hey we think That we're going to do this and this assumption here that, okay, maybe people are going to love the app or mm-hmm. there will be so much take up. Those are leap of faith assumptions. And those are like, if any one of them doesn't materialize, this whole thing fails. Yes. So you almost want to bring that to the forefront. Say, we're going to do this. And the biggest 10 assumptions are, um, people in africa they want to be served in their own home language right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so that's a big that's a big uh, assumption for yes. whatever the product is is we are we are, are delivering to the market or um, you know people in the lower to mid income they want this or millennials want to buy this product that is flexible those are like big assumptions mm. normally we hide them Yeah, And what he's saying is lift those up and identify them and almost have like a big scoreboard that says for this thing to win, those leap of faith assumptions must be clearly identified Mm. for this innovation.
1: Mm. So it's almost like saying if you said, okay, one assumption would be, you know, most people, as you said, want the app in their own home language and not just being like, and so therefore we're going to create this product with the apps and that, that language we're rather saying that's what we have to measure is what is the take up yeah, yeah. based on that language that we, we've yes, presented yes, yeah. to the app in.
0: Because this is what happens right in these in this in this spaces mm-hmm. we, we take that assumption yeah we assume it's true and then you run with it, and then we hold it so dear, mm. and then we throw a ton of resources. We have this waterfall approach to uh, to developing the the
1: do a big launch, a big launch, <laughs> and
0: then like we invite everybody, and then it's like, woo, the app is going out in vendor, yes, hey. yes. and then no, and
1: then like there's no take up, and you wonder why,
0: and then and here's what corporates do. They kind of like watch that thing and they let it die a silent death. Mm. And that you normally you will have this sort of product development team or like, you know, some innovation hub or some 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 element of that. Yeah. Those guys, they move on to the next project. Mm. Right. Mm. A lot of money wasted and and a lot of reputation um, damaged. Um, and that's not the, the, the right way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, great So that's the second step yeah. Is identifying both commercial and technical leap of faith assumptions About how to solve that problem So what's the third step in the uh, lean, lean Startup methodology?
0: So you've identified the, the, the problem uh, mm-hmm. from a
1: customer's point of view Or opportunity Or the
0: opportunity, <laughs> yes, yes, yes Love that And and, and oh, you're clear about what your assumptions are mm. um, And also with the sense of humility That nobody and the world is so complex especially now right Mm. with these extreme uncertainties that we find ourselves in nobody can predict the future hundred percent and know everything that will happen in the future you know based on and that they can write an exact accurate business plan right Mm. so all of those things that we profess so 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 passionately kind of being the humility to say this is an assumption Mm -hmm. i might be right or might be wrong anyway so the third one with that in mind is create a series of experiments to test those assumptions
2: okay
0: so once you kind of accept that a um these are like these are the assumptions i assume that uh people in south africa want to be Saved in their own language and therefore we're going to throw a lot of resources we're going to build an app that will serve people in their Chivenda language or in uh, um you know uh, zulu or or afrikaans mm-hmm. um and before you kind of go and sort of big launch you may want to kind of create this series of experiments to test the assumptions and they kind of recommend uh, this sort of also overly used word which is create a minimum viable product and um, sort of versions of the product um, that allows you to learn and test out and tick out all these assumptions okay we've got this minimum viable product we kind of put it in front of three vendor people and they like this and they don't like that and then we are testing all of these things with the minimum viable product before we go with the big monster launch
1: mm-hmm. so you're testing in sort of small ways yeah to get feedback from the customer are Absolutely. you doing this externally and internally or uh,
0: so so some so some innovations could be hey we're innovating the way in which we in finance you know engage with the marketing team or mm. you know we have got a new it platform to do all of those things even with that before you come with the big ERP is
1: yeah. <laughs> the <new> meeting schedule. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah yeah.
0: Test it out, launch mm. a small piece. And and most of these big um sort of softwares, you know they will have a trial version for instance, right? Hey, do it with three people, get feedback very quickly. Yeah. Um so if if that's for internal, but for external, you want to put something in the hands of customers very quickly before you spend so much money.
1: That's really good. That's really good. So you almost like uh slowly Building up the case of if what you are assuming is actually true
0: yeah. for the customer, and then you're going there, you're ticking. You're like, ah, we thought this. No, that's yeah. not that's not true anymore. We yeah, thought yeah. this. That's not true anymore. We thought this. That's not true anymore. And and um, when it's not true, most people will be like, so like if you have the big one, right, the big launch. You, so if something is not true, then you've launched, and it's a big failure, mm. right? And then we just jump on and move to other thing. Then we don 't get to learn yes um, and and that 's the problem because I, I, I um I just love this quote that um we don 't learn from failure, right most people think we learn from failure yeah and and um, I can't remember who said this, but we don 't learn from failure, we learn from reflecting on failure, yes uh, most of us we, we kind of fail and then we get up and then we just move yeah. on right yeah um so that leads us to um to sort of the the fourth uh the fourth step which is transform those things that you're learning from the um from this mvp experiments transform those um what you're learning uh from the experiments into the learning metrics Mm -hmm. um and the idea here which is the second piece i love is this idea of having innovation accounting um rather than sort of having these vanity metrics um and and you kind of you kind of say hey we're launching this here's how we're gonna measure like differently rather than saying um <laughs> i remember in one organization i worked at we launched something you know today like, and then the following day i'm being asked hey um you know how much revenue have we made from that <laughs> you're like no it's like day two right yeah. uh, so uh so um so it's it's about when you launch something yeah you know what are those learning metrics uh, let's say you have a, a a your your mVP and you're learning as you're going and you're ticking them and you're seeing you're seeing what's happening rather than kind of just going for the big revenue numbers and the, like massive subscriber numbers or or some big income statement numbers yeah. that are not necessarily right for an innovative for, for an innovation piece
1: so what would be an example of a learning matrix because i know they he compares saying replacing vanity matrix with learning matrix yeah. uh, based on actual customer behavior so what would be an example of that
0: yeah so so we assume that let's just say the one of the big assumption is that this we're going to grow through sort of word of mouth and this, this, let's say it's an app. It's just going to, it's going to have this network effect, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of kind of trying to kind of figure out, yo, how many subscribers do you have now? You want to go and learn, you want to go learn what's sort of the referral rate per user, mm-hmm. right? So if I, if I use this and then I refer three or four friends, that tells me that the, the, the way that we have structured this, this product has got elements that encourage users to sort of refer and therefore we think there could be very good network effect effect here but if we just kind of say hey how many users do we have right that's like a big bold umbrella metric that doesn't um that doesn't help really uh, And you don't learn anything from it Because then you're like Yeah, we, for now we only have like Seven users have used it Yeah And then and then you jump into trying to defend why yes, ah, It's because we didn't yeah. have market expand Because yes, right? yeah. that's what vanity metrics do yeah,
1: to you Yeah, yeah mm. But then the learning ones allow you to Gain uh, insight into into who you're serving. Yeah. So almost going back to the third point around the series of experiments, that even if it fails, for lack yeah. of a better word, yeah. um, if you're doing it within this methodology, you have learned something yeah. that you can pour into the next yes, yes, or yes. the next thing you create to serve the customer excellent
0: and and fits perfectly into this fifth step right Mm -hmm. which is use those learning metrics and and how you're seeing them to make decisions as to whether to pivot or persevere Mm -hmm. right down the path and um and and an extent that if you're really going to sort of drive innovation in this way you need to have those regular what he calls pivot or persevere meetings
1: i love that <laughs> yeah no i love that idea of a pivotal persevere meeting i've never heard that term yeah, yeah. but it makes so much sense um can you break that down of how he sort of describes that
0: so so you 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 arrive to the, you have this the sessions and um you you're le- you're you're projecting Not so much How much revenue Have we made yet Because that's That's for That's for the future Right If it's truly innovative um, uh, you, you arrive to this meeting And you pull up All these things That you're learning From the engagement With clients Or from those experiments Then you kind of learn um, maybe we need to shift maybe we just need to change the color of this or maybe we need to put that button there we need to put a buy button on in the front or in the center and and you're pivoting or you are um, you're like okay we think something is happening here let's just persif- persevere down this path let's continue to pour in some more marketing money mm-hmm. or let's do this and that but the idea is that the vision stays right the strategy change can change, right? Yeah. So, so you have this vision to touch, you know, um, a mil- a million people in Africa through this product that does this helps them in this way. Yeah, but maybe how you've structured the product is not right. And then you can mm-hmm. okay, maybe let's pivot a little bit. Let's change course, or. Okay, this seems to be working. Let's, let's persevere. Let's push through. We, we don't seem to s- see the big numbers come yet, but the right learning metrics are showing the right signs yeah. that this is going to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like if you discovered, okay, your, your desire, your vision is to make the chat box. Available yeah. to everyone. Not the chat in, board. Yeah, not the chat board. But actually when you see the little take up, you learn that actually people just want maybe a learning center that's easy to navigate. Yes, yes. So that they don't need to actually engage with the the chatbot, and that's yeah. something that you learn and and can yeah can implement. Yeah. Um I like that they also say like write down what you think will happen as you set out on the pro process. And I love how they put it around like human memory is faulty. We try to convince <laughs> ourselves that we knew the truth all along. <laughs> like that hindsight. Bias, yes, like yes. oh yeah, we knew this would fail. Yeah. Because, But if you write down why you think it'll work and yeah. what you think will happen at the beginning, yeah. that actually, even if you are wrong in your assumptions, yeah. you're learning something along the way.
0: Absolutely, and and for me, this approach. Instead of, besides the fact that, you know, it's, you know, it's got this fancy name, sort of the lean, um, methodology, um, lean startup way methodology. For me, it comes down to humility.
1: Yes. I was thinking that as well. Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just kind of saying, I am like, for instance, the, the first point, right? which, Which you want to pick a little bit around. Hey, do you have the, do you know the customer? Needs and or problems From their perspective Um And you know Some people might say Yeah yeah I know what our customers need Right Like mm. Do you really Yes uh, And then some of us Kind of use our own experience You know When I drive to work I sit in traffic So I think that Customers want something That will entertain them When they're in traffic Right yes, it, yeah Because I'm I think my problem Is everyone's problem Exactly
1: right? Or naturally You'll go by Maybe if there's like Five people Who complain about something And say This would really help If you had this And you sort of Make the assumption Of like We need to do this Big thing Because then you go But what about the uh, 95 other people who are not complaining at all haven't said anything. Should we ask them first before yes, we yes, yes. do this? Yeah, um, it's
0: really
1: good, and and and
0: that's why the the process really of of doing this is, you know, most most companies as well. They've got this traditional this piece of truly. Uh, identifying and clarifying what the customers really need you know most companies will kind of do some market research um you know and ask people's opinion of something yes and and then he's kind of saying that should be the starting point mm. right don't don't you, you value more what people do rather than what they say yes and some of those survey questions you know they're they always like some level of faulty, you know, um, you know, rate how much you like this. you know, like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, is it a four maybe it's or yeah. it is a five? It's
1: right? six. Yeah. <laughs> to be safe, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'll just give it, just give it some number in, in, between. Um, instead of kind of relying on those forecasts or some, some big studies, you know, like we love in corporates, we like, like this is a, um, like a Gartner study, right? Or like mm-hmm. some big research company shows that these are the top 10 trends. Yeah that you know that you must that millennials are kind of doing this and that Mm. so instead of like really throwing everything at that um have you kind of designed some way where you can see actually customers want this based on what they do
1: Mm -mm. and i was sharing an example that i've seen the the impact of that because there's a there's a team in our organization that did this big research on what uh, the customers we serve um, really think about not about like what we do as an organization but how they use our tool and it made the whole team um, pivot how they serve yes yes and they've seen such growth in doing that whereas normally what we would do is we'd say you know what do you think about what we're doing (laughs) like what do you think you know how can we serve you better yeah. I think it's natural because yeah, that's yeah. how you're just measuring yourself is you yes, yes, say yes. like okay but if you're saying wait what is the actual need yes, yes. of the customer yeah and then deciding how you can meet that need yeah um it's really great. Yeah. So I love that the humility in that as well to say that. And for me, this sounds fun and exciting. So yes, like, oh, yes, yes. You just yes, yes. keep ch- like trying new yeah. things and really, and then the impact is really on the customer. Yeah. So it's exciting for someone like me to, to be in this kind of environment. But then I think it goes back to also then having an environment where, uh, you know, I suppose you almost need to have like a small working group because like,
0: yeah, in an yeah.
1: environment where that sort of sense of if you fail, it's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, because we've learned something, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and in the later on in the book, it, it talks, it spends a lot of time on the culture, right? Mm. Uh, most organizations is you fail on something and your career is, as as ended, right? Yes, exactly. Nobile will always be remembered for launching an app that failed, failed yeah. right? Um, and therefore people kind of go with the, with this, um the safe approach right Mm. okay we think this is gonna be this is what's gonna work and if it doesn't work we blame it on on covid and then we move on and we go try something and 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 um and that way that's why uh in that article with the economist they were kind of saying that it's starting to when you really look back more and more people profess that they're innovating and when you really step back most organizations are not. Because yeah.
1: um, they're afraid. They're, they're afraid. afraid, afraid yeah.
0: And their approach is wrong. Mm. The I- innovation at its core, it's about learning. Mm. Um, and you sort of learn from that place of humility.
1: It actually reminds me of... um the CEO of Vimeo, Anjali Soot, talking. She was the head of marketing at Vimeo. Yeah. And at that point in time, Vimeo was really com- competing more with like YouTube and, or they were actually almost going to pivot into like the whole Netflix streaming thing. Yeah, And they had this, she had this thinking of, you know, but there's a few people when you look at our stats who are actually using Vimeo to advertise their small businesses yes, and yes. To make small videos for like their little shop, yeah. you know, could we look at what they use it for? And they did a small working group where they researched that and learned that. And now it's become what Vimeo is, this ability for anyone to go yeah. on a platform and create a video to advertise their business or whatever they do. Yeah. Um, and so this it just reminds me of this sort of, maybe she read the book. No, <laughs> maybe we unpacked <laughs> that one. Yeah. But it just reminds me of that to say like, Wait, let's look at that. We we might be wanting to compete with what other people are doing, but let's look at what our customers are currently using our platform for. Yes, yes, and see if we can lean more into that.
0: Yes, yes, and really, it's just that what what the customers are doing Mm. right instead of just following some big trend that says oh that's where people are uh, that's what's happening Mm. um and and uh, my my sense is that we're not spending enough time as people who intend to lead uh, and innovate studying the actual behavior of our customers
1: and it actually meant um just to pull it through because then it means that you know yourself better as a, as an organization because then what I, with Vimeo, what they said is that they actually now don't even see YouTube as a competitor. They actually make it easier for people to share their videos from vimeo Ah, onto youtube
0: because like our customers
1: want to do that so we will make it easier for them to be able to do that instead
0: of just say okay we're gonna compete and we're gonna like go ahead (laughs) with youtube whatever they do we're gonna do it better (laughs) and and um and yeah and that's 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 devastating love that love that Hmm. case study so uh just as we were oh the clock is right is
1: but we got through we got through the five steps <laughs> i'm very impressed with that.
0: so so maybe let's let's look at the uh, just some some key things around the mvps because i think yeah. a lot of a lot of um a lot of people use this word easily like you know uh, there's some really things things like hey if you're going to put together a minimum a viable product, right? You wanna make a list of first of all. There's like about five things again, right? Okay. Uh, for the MVP mm-hmm. to really be be a good M- MVP, number one is you wanna make a l- list of key features and or assumptions. And here's the thing. And then cut them down, right? Like here, here's all the things we're going to do, but how, uh, let's keep cutting them down right to the bare minimum that we can be able to put in front of customers. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that MVP is like the cheapest thing you do, right? Um, and, and and, like it's just going to be like, Oh, okay. We have, we've got this idea. Let's go put, put it in front of customers because then you might not even learn anything um but it's just like okay we need this thing how do we cut these things down so that we can build something that resembles what we think we want and then test it
1: yeah yeah that's really great so have the list cut it down and then test that the second
0: and the second second is uh, the cutting down process is you should be asked you should you should you should be asking whether should we build something? Um, and not just, we, can we build this? Right? Yes. So should
1: we build it? Not can we build
0: it? Should we build it or, uh, not, not can we build it? Um, and then just start building. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just. That's the we'll, third step. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Like most people just, just sit and just, um, you know, you just think through this stuff a lot. I, I used to have a, one of my bosses used to say, just stop, you know, vacillating and pontificating about this thing. Let's just build it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and let's go with it. And the fourth one is, you know, have those, um, leap of faith assumptions right in front of you uh, as you, as you build this MVP. And then the meetings are key. Yeah. Like that cadence of meetings, that's a, a, a almost like a, a a, a non negotiable yes if you're gonna up, uh, adopt the lean startup methodology to kind of deliver um you know these innovative products or whatever it is you're innovating the the cadence of meetings where you decide do we pivot, do we persevere, pivot persevere, those are a non negotiable
1: yeah, yeah, no, I love that, I love that, so those are the five steps for looking at the minimal viable product.
0: Great, Yo, and I think the the time is kind of uh we we could almost uh, summit uh because of the time uh and and really hoping that um you know if you're listening to us uh you know it would be great to reflect on on um on some of these these ideas and maybe just ask some of the questions around you know how's how do you currently think about innovation at work mm. is it is it one of those where if someone believes in this one big idea and then we're all going to wait for the launch that's going to happen in in two years time mm. or do we have the big vision and purpose guiding us but we are flexible enough to test with the customers and arrive at the big launch being more confident about the big assumptions we made
1: yeah Really good. The Leader's Guide by Eric Reese. Really good book.
0: Excellent. So with that, we're really hoping to uh, see you at, um, at the Super Leader 100 Leadership Summit on the 9th of April. Uh, it's going to be in the afternoon. So you can do what you are, what you need to do in the mornings and, uh, come spend time with us and let's learn from, um, just these world class uh, leaders who are making a mark in their respective areas. So you can go and make a mark. Until then, God there and superlead CliffCentral.com.